Hello, hope you're doing well this weekend. So good to see you, glad you're here and uh, welcome to our campuses and those of you watching online as well. I gotta tell you, I'm so excited about fall. This feels like the first fall weekend. I mean, I went to a football game Friday night. I'm wearing my flannel, I am ready to go. I hope you're excited about fall as well. And uh, as we jump into part three of this series, Navigating Emotions, uh, I, gotta, I gotta start with a story. A story that happened right here on the stage about, I don't know, 10 years ago. It was the very first time that I was ever part of a weekend service at Ada Bible Church. And I wasn't preaching, I was uh, hosting. So I was the one giving the welcome and then also delivering the announcements. And so this is my first time and I gotta tell you, I was really nervous. Something you gotta know about me is like, I, I do not like blowing it in front of people. I don't like messing up. And so when I got invited to do this, I practiced and practiced and practiced and memorized all the lines and all the announcements so that I could get up on stage and do a good job. And the day came, Saturday service, I practiced right up until I was out of time. The countdown clock goes down to zero. And so I climb up the stairs and I stand on the stage just like I am right now. And I said, welcome to Ada Bible Church. So glad you're here. My name's Aaron, I get to host the service for you. And then everything that I memorized just fell right out of my head. <laughs> I mean, I just totally blanked. And it was the crowd, it was the bright lights, it was the cameras, and I started to feel insanely hot and I just literally couldn't remember anything. And so I said, well, that's all I remember, so I'm gonna sit down. <laughs> and I walked right down the stairs and sat down in the front row. And I sat next to Bob King, who uh, was on staff at that time, and he kind of oversaw all the uh, hosts and the MCs. And something you gotta know is that uh, when you're the host, you kind of have two jobs, okay? There's the greet everybody, say hello and welcome, and then it's come back and do the announcements, right? And I gotta tell you, this actually happened. Bob, sitting next to me, reached across, grabs the microphone and says, I'll take it from here. <laughs> I never gave the announcements. And it's one thing to get asked, hey, uh, we don't need you to come back for next time. It's another thing to get fired in the middle of the gig. And that's what happened to me the very first time I ever hosted a service here. I was, I was really embarrassed. I mean, it's funny. It's a funny story now. But in that moment, oh, it was terrible. It was such a, a bad feeling. And so why, how, what happened? Like, why did, why did I blow it? Well, like I said, I just have this thing, this fear of failing, and so I just totally psyched myself out. And it had everything to do with, with my fears. So um, this series, we're exploring four core emotions, four primary emotions, anger, sadness, fear, and desire. And as we talked in week one, Pastor Jeff kinda uh, shared this, this theory that uh, one of these difficult emotions is gonna be with you your entire life. As in, like, you're, you're just going to struggle with one of these, and you're going to have to have boundaries around one of these. And, and Jeff said his is anger, and mine, if it isn't obvious already, is this one right here. Fear, anxiety. I mean, uh, since I was even just a little kid, I struggled with these feelings. And, and there have been seasons in my life where it just really can be crippling. I mean, I shared uh, a few months ago about how from an early age, I dealt with stomach aches from anxiety, ended up in the hospital, you know, no answers of what's going on. It's just, it's just stress. 
And so uh, there, there have been seasons in my life where this has been a real challenge. And so as we talk about anxiety, if you're somebody that, that deals with this, I just need you to know, I get it. I'm there with you, I understand. And something that I've pursued over the last year that's actually been really helpful is uh, counseling. I've been seeing a Christian counselor and just kind of unpacking, you know, what's up with this? Why do I wrestle with these emotions? Getting to the root of them and then learning how to navigate them more uh, successfully. And in fact, speaking of counseling, uh, I don't know if you know this, but throughout this series, uh, I have been doing some interviews that we've been posting to our YouTube channel with four area Christian counselors talking about these four emotions. They, they come out on Thursday. So this Thursday, uh, this is Nicole Freiling, and if you can't tell, that's me, <laughs> right? And so uh, we're just having a, what is it, a 10-minute conversation about fear and anxiety, and she has some really helpful things to share. So uh, if nothing that I say today helps you in your journey with anxiety, maybe Nicole can help you out. So check out that video this Thursday. So as we jump into this topic, we're going to be spending some time in a, a book of the Old Testament. It's called the book of Joshua. And uh, this is a pivotal moment in the history of Israel. Because uh, if you remember the story, it's like it starts out in Egypt, you know, God's people are in slavery and God raises up this leader, Moses, to, to rescue them out of slavery. And then they spend this time in the wilderness where they're kind of wandering around and God gives them his law. And then you get to the promised land, this land that God promised the people of Israel way back to their ancestors, way back to Abraham. And it's here in this place, just on the edge of this promised land that our story takes place today. So just uh, kind of a picture here of what that scene might've looked like. Uh, just looking into the land of promise, imagine the anticipation as a people where it's like, okay, finally we get to enter into this land after generations and generations of God promising this to us. And it's up to this guy, Joshua, the new leader of Israel, to lead the people into the promised land. And so here's how the story begins. God says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you, and he's talking to Joshua, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. So it's this exciting moment where they're about to enter in. But then God says something that kind of catches you off guard. He says these words right here. He says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. And the question is, why, why does... Why does Joshua need to hear this in this exciting moment? What's there to be afraid of? Well, I can tell you what I would be afraid of if I were in Joshua's shoes, why I would need to be told, hey, be strong, be courageous. And uh, the first reason is just the guy that he's following as a leader. He's trying to fill Moses' shoes. Now, every picture, every movie you've ever seen with Moses in it, the guy's just epic. I mean, just an absolute legend. And, and here's the deal. Moses, he was the most legendary leader that Israel ever had, ever would have. I mean, this is the guy that did the 10 plagues. And this is the guy who, you know, separated the Red Sea. This is the guy who God gave the 10 commandments to. Moses is an absolute legend. There would never be another leader like Moses. And so it's kind of like, hey, Joshua, as you step into this role, just know something, you'll never be Moses. So <laughs> no pressure, good luck. 
So that's why I'd be afraid. And then there's this land, Canaan, that they're supposed to now enter into. Just, you know, minor detail, it's occupied. And these people are strong. They have big armies, they're big people, they have sophisticated weaponry, and they live behind walled cities. And so it's kind of like, good luck conquering these people that, well, there's more of them than you, they're bigger than you, they're stronger than you. I mean, this is a tall order for Joshua. And then, of course, there's the people that he's trying to lead, the people of Israel. These people don't exactly have a great track record of faithfully following God and displaying bravery. <laughs> I mean, you may remember some of the stories in the wilderness where they complain and they whine. In fact, they have already been in this position, standing on the edge, the border of the land of Canaan. They already had an opportunity to go in and take the land. But when given that opportunity, when they found out how strong the people were in Canaan, they said, let's get a new leader and go back to Egypt. As in, forget Moses, forget God, let's go be slaves again. So these are the people that Joshua has been called to lead. And I'm just saying, if I were in Joshua's shoes, I would be feeling the anxiety. I'd be feeling the fear of stepping into this. And so that's why he needs to hear these words. Hey, Joshua, be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid. Question for you, why do you need to hear these words today? What's going on in your life? What are you facing? What's an area of your life that you are routinely experiencing fear? Where do you need to hear the words? Be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid. And I wonder if it has to do with money. You know, I was reading a study this week about the impact of inflation in our country. And this article, this, this research shows that for the average family, how does, how does inflation impact the average family? Well, it works out to be 400 extra dollars per month that we weren't having to pay previously. $400 more for groceries, for gas, for clothes. And I know some of you are just looking ahead to Christmas and you're going, I, I don't even know how we're going to afford Christmas presents for our kids. So where do you need to hear the words? Be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid. I wonder, I wonder if it's the future. You're an upperclassman now, and all these people in your life just have the audacity to ask these questions like, hey, what are you gonna do with your life? <laughs> you know, what, what college, what major, what career are you headed toward? And you're just going, I, I don't know. I have no idea when you please stop asking. Some of you look at the future and you just feel fear. Or maybe you relate to Joshua, because he's stepping into leadership. And you occupy a position of leadership in a company, on a team, over a project, over a family. And you just know people are looking to you as if you have answers. <laughs> and you're going, I got nothing. And you feel like an imposter. And you think about the pressure of leadership and it just, it fills you with anxiety. And so where do you need to hear these words? Be strong, be courageous, don't be afraid. And isn't that what we want when it comes to our fears? We want to be brave. But the question is, how? <laughs> how do you actually do that? And so what we're gonna look at today is how God helps Joshua navigate his fear 
and anxiety. And I think this, this content is really going to be helpful for us as we try to navigate the fear and anxiety that we experience in our own lives. So as we spend some time with Joshua chapter 1, we're going to be looking at three words. Three words that will help us more successfully navigate fear and anxiety in our lives. So let's jump into the story. Again, here's Joshua. He's been given this huge task. He's stepping into leadership. And let's just take kind of a wider look at the words that God gives him from Joshua 1.9. God says to him, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God says to him, look, Joshua, you're not alone here. Understand, wherever you go, I will be with you. Joshua, listen, I know that Moses was a legendary leader, but I am with you. Joshua, listen, I know these people, the Canaanites, they're strong, they're powerful, they got big cities, but you're not alone. Understand, I will be with you every step of the way. And Joshua, I know these people don't listen. I know they complain. I know they don't have a good track record, but I will be with you. You see, the first word that's going to help us navigate fear and anxiety in our lives is this word right here. It's, it's the word presence. And by this, I mean God's presence. What God promises Joshua is his presence. I will be with you everywhere that you go. And I believe this is a promise that applies to those of us who are Jesus followers as well. Because you have the, the very presence of God within you, the Holy Spirit within you, so that it doesn't matter what situation, what place, what conflict, what crisis you're walking into, you are never, ever alone. God is with you. And I think this is so important as we talk about anxiety. Because by nature, anxiety feels very isolating. It just comes with a sense like, I, I bet I'm the only one that feels this way. And I, you know what? I'm probably the only person dealing with this. It's very isolating. And so I need you to hear the words of your good and gracious and present God saying to you, I am with you. No matter what you're walking into, the presence of God is with you. And I wonder if you need to hear these words today. Where do you need to hear, I am with you? I know some of you are just in a season of incredible uncertainty right now. Unemployed, single, again, or you're just facing some kind of health crisis, it's a diagnosis, it's a disorder, it's, it's cancer, and you're just looking to the future, and it's very, very scary. And I need you to hear the voice of God. I am with you. You are not alone as you walk into this season of uncertainty. And some of you are, are dealing with the aftermath of, of a really bad decision. And it was the decision of one of your friends. It just blew up their marriage, blew up their family, and now here you are trying to walk with them, trying to encourage them, and, and you're just trying not to say the wrong thing here. And it feels like a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety is what you're feeling as you try to walk with this person. Listen, as you engage them, as you try to walk with them, 
Listen to the voice of your God. I am with you. And as we talk about anxiety, I I know that for some of us, this is significant. I'm talking like clinical anxiety. I'm talking like anxiety disorder, like the kind of anxiety that, that can be overwhelming, that just can take you out at the knees. Listen, even in the middle of a panic attack, I need you to hear the voice of your God, I am with you. You know, some of the most spiritually mature people I know experience panic attacks. And I think that there's this sense, if you're somebody that, that experiences this, where you just go, you know what, I should be able to handle this. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be dealing with this if I was more mature, if I was stronger or whatever. You know what, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's true. And one of my friends just puts it this way. She goes, you know, it's just like my brain and my body are just doing this thing that, that I can't control. And what I'm supposed to do in that moment is just remember that God is with me in that very disruptive and disorienting space. This word presence, God's presence with us is foundational to navigating anxiety in a healthy way. And again, this is why God says to Joshua, he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I just love this because he's going, look, Joshua, no matter what, I'm not going anywhere. Doesn't matter. I'm with you in the same way that I was with Moses. And if you're a student of the scriptures, you, you might recognize these words. I will never leave you nor forsake you because they're quoted in the New Testament book of Hebrews. Look, if you're a Jesus follower, this is true for you. There is just nothing that you can do where God would abandon you. And the fact that that God brings up Moses here, I think is important. Because God was with Moses in a special way. And he promises that same type of presence with Joshua. And Moses was a legendary leader, but he wasn't perfect. I mean, he blew it in pretty significant ways. In fact, at the end of his life, near the end of his life, Moses blew it so badly that the consequence for his behavior, God wouldn't let him enter the promised land. Pretty significant. But God never left him, and he never abandoned him. And I think this is important as we talk about anxiety because the truth is, some of the anxiety that we experience in life is sort of (laughs) self-inflicted. It's anxiety that we bring on ourselves because of our own bad decisions. And so let's talk about this. Second second word that's gonna be helpful for us in navigating anxiety is just the word path. And I, don't, I know this doesn't make sense yet, but as we walk through this scripture, this idea of path, I think it's going to be really helpful. So back to Joshua chapter 1, uh, God says to him, be strong and very courageous. It's just repeated over and over again. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. He's going, look, Joshua, your job here 
is to obey the law. That is like the Ten Commandments that God gave Moses. Your job is to be faithful to me, to trust me, to obey me. That's, that's your role here. And then he, he speaks in kind of this path language because he says, do not turn from it to the right or to the left. And throughout the scriptures, especially in the Old Testament, when, when we read about following God and obeying God and trusting God, it's often in this like pathway imagery. And so the idea is to walk God's path. When we are faithful to his commands, we're walking on his path. And God says to Joshua, don't leave the path. Stay on the path. Joshua, there are going to be moments where what makes more sense is to leave my path and go to the left. Joshua, there will be times where it seems more logical, what seems right to you is going to, to leave my path and go to the right. And God says, don't do it. Stay on the path. Why? Uh, this word success down here. That you may be successful wherever you go. For Joshua, success is directly tied to his obedience to God's law. There's this connection. This is your job. If you want to be successful in this mission, stay on the path. Don't leave the path. So what does this have to do with fear? What does this have to do with anxiety? Well, I think there's a whole lot of anxiety that we experience in life that's kind of unavoidable. And then there's a whole lot of anxiety that we experience in life that is avoidable because we leave the path. Unavoidable anxiety. Uh, I don't know, 15 years ago-ish, I was driving my car and driving through an intersection and somebody ran a red light and just drilled my car. Totaled it, thankfully nobody was hurt badly, but to this day, like 15 years later, when I'm driving through an intersection, if I see somebody creeping a little bit at that red light, freaks me out. I mean, fear, anxiety just freaks me out. Anxiety I experience, it's not because of something I did that was wrong. It's not because I left God's path. It's just, it's just unavoidable. And there's a lot of that in life. And there's a whole lot of anxiety that's very much avoidable. It's anxiety that's sort of self-inflicted because we choose to leave God's path. And this would include the fear of being found out. You were doing something that you shouldn't have been doing, and what if somebody saw? What if she looks through my phone? What if he rats me out? There is anxiety that we experience in life that is very much self-inflicted because we decide to leave God's path. And God is saying, stay on the path. Yeah, one of your best friends is very angry with you, and she should be, because you shared something that was not yours to share, and she found out about it. And now you're just experiencing this, this fear because you love this relationship. It means so much to you, but now it's out of your hands. Whether or not she's willing to forgive you, to reconcile with you, it's totally out of your hands. And so you're feeling this anxiety. There was a party, too much to drink. This girl, I mean, you weren't even dating. It was a hookup. And then a couple months down the road, you get a text. She tracked you down because she's pregnant. 
Now what? There is fear, there is anxiety that we can experience because, because we stray from the path and God is going, just, just stay on the path. Don't go to the left, don't go to the right. You can avoid a whole lot of anxiety. And I just know that there are a, a bunch of people sitting here watching online that wish, <laughs> wish that they could have a redo. So many of us wish we could have a redo. We just look back at a moment in our lives and just go, I wish I could redo that moment. And so listen, if you are here today and you're younger, you know, you're middle school, you're high school, you have an opportunity before you that so many of us wish we could go back and have a redo on. Because you have an opportunity to say, you know what? I am going to walk God's path. And I am just going to stay on that path, and I'm just going to make that decision right now that I am not going to stray to the left. I'm not going to go to the right. Even if everybody else is doing it, I am just going to walk God's path. And I'm telling you, if you are able to do this, you could avoid a mountain of regret and needless anxiety. And so it's a challenge, it's an invitation to stay on the path. But as we talk about just kind of the warning here, I also just acknowledge that there, there's a, there is a whole lot to celebrate in our congregation. The movement of God and the choices of, of many of us, because I know that for many of you, there was a season of wandering from his path, but you have returned. And you would just go, yeah, I've been sober for five years. And you're experiencing a level of peace and joy that was just unthinkable in that season when you were wandering. And others of you would go, yeah, our marriage was on the brink. I mean, I, I thought it was over. And you reached out for help and you invested in that relationship. And fast forward the story, you're just going, uh, there's laughter in our house again. And there's joy in our marriage, and I didn't think there was any hope because you're back on his path. And that example I gave you of the party, the hookup, the pregnancy, I know that many of us, from a season of wandering from the path, just carry enormous regrets and shame and guilt, and yet... So many have come back, have come back to God's path, and you're, you've experienced forgiveness and healing and restoration that you just, you can't even believe. And so it's just good to walk God's path. This is where life is found. This is where peace and joy and healing is found. And I just know that so many of you have made a decision to come back and you're experiencing life in a way that was just, you just couldn't see, couldn't imagine when you were wandering. But even as I say this, I know that some of you are going, yeah, um, <laughs> doesn't mean life is perfect. Many of us have been walking God's path for years and years and years and still experience significant fear and anxiety. And the truth is, just because you walk God's path doesn't mean that you're going to be exempt from anxiety. Some of, like I said, some of the most spiritually mature people I know wrestle with significant anxiety. So what's up with this? <laughs> you know, it brings us uh, to the third word, 
The word pressure. I think that many of us experience significant fear and anxiety just, just because of the pressure that we are under in life. And I think it's a pressure that Joshua must have felt. And so let's look again at Joshua chapter 1. Where God says, again, be strong and courageous. Why? Because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Look, Joshua, I've appointed you to lead. You're in in charge. All eyes are on Joshua. It's up to him to step up here and lead these people. I'm just saying, if I were in his shoes, I would be feeling the pressure. I'd be feeling the weight of this. And so let's talk about the pressure that we feel. To me, that's, that's what anxiety feels like. It feels like pressure. In fact, uh, one of my friends, he was describing this to me. Uh, he, he was in the final semester of his doctorate program. And so it's high pressure. And he goes, that final semester, it just felt like I was in a, a vice that just kept squeezing tighter and tighter. And it just reminded me of one of these. Uh, have you ever seen one of these? Okay, so when I was a kid, You know, my family business is the water well drilling business, and uh, I lived like just across the street from the shop. And so I I would wander in there in the afternoons, and I would mess around with tools, and there was one of these on the workbench, and it's just a vice. And, you know, you grab this handle, and you can kind of twist it. And this thing was fun because I would just put stuff in there, you know, like old pipes and just like, you know, and they would smash. I'd put wood in there and just totally destroy them. It's like a fun tool, Uh, (laughs) except for if you're in there. If you're in there, this isn't fun at all. And that's exactly what my friend is saying. It's like, that's, it felt like I was in the vice. And I just wonder if you feel like that. I wonder if there's an area of your life where you just feel like it's squeezing you tighter and tighter. And you're, you're in the vice and you're feeling the pressure. And so often it has to do with expectations that people have on you or you just somehow feel Those of you who are in school, just the expectation to get a certain grade, the expectation to get a certain score on the SAT, to to get an acceptance letter from that college or or a scholarship from that university, you just feel this pressure like you're in this vice and just squeezing you tighter, the expectations. Some of us feel this when we look in the mirror because it's the image, the way that you look and comparing yourself to other people. And it's just, you just struggle here. You just look in the mirror and you feel that vice tightening around you. There's this phrase, keeping up with the Joneses. It's a silly sounding phrase. But the way that it plays out in our lives is just nothing but silly because you just feel this pressure to keep up with your neighbors and to keep up with the people around you and to drive the same cars and to take the same vacations. And so many of us are living beyond our means because of this silly thing called keeping up with the Joneses that feels like pressure. And parents, I mean, talk about pressure. For your kids to be successful, I mean, my wife Katie and I, we got five kids, and you just, you just feel this. It's like, oh, how much screen time can we give them? And like, how, you know, how do you push them to succeed without breaking them? You, know, like you just want your kids to turn out. But it feels like such enormous pressure. And you're just going like, am I doing it right? I don't know. And so I wonder where you feel like you're in the vice. 
And I just got to believe that Joshua felt it. I mean, he's the leader of these people in this pivotal moment. And so, so how, does, how does he navigate it? Listen, I want to show you something from a couple books before the book of Joshua. It's in, it's in the book of Numbers. This, this, I think, very significant interaction between Moses and Joshua. Because here's the thing. Uh, did you know that Joshua wasn't always his name? Yeah, this guy Joshua, he had, he had a different name before. And, and actually, Moses changed his name. And I think this is really significant for us. We read it in Numbers 13, Moses gave Hoshea, son of Nun, the name Joshua. His name wasn't Joshua. And I think what's going on here is that long before Joshua was ever the leader of Israel, long before he was ever even picked as the successor to Moses, Moses saw something in him, changed his name, and I think the, the change of that name was meant to communicate something significant to Joshua. Because in the Old Testament in particular, the names communicate something. And so what do these two names mean? Okay, Hosea, his original name, it means salvation. It means deliverance. What about Joshua? What does Joshua mean? Joshua means the Lord saves. The covenant name of God that God gave his people, Yahweh. Yahweh saves. I think this is so significant. Because it's like before Joshua even ever stepped into leadership, it's like Moses is going, listen, Joshua, understand something. You're not the savior of these people. God is. Joshua, before you ever take on this weight of leadership, I need you to hear something. The pressure is not on you. The pressure is on him. It's his people, his land, his promise. You're not the savior, Joshua. And I just wonder if you need to hear that. Because you got this family, and you've been given leadership of this family or the parents, but you're not the savior of this family. And you got this company that you're leading, and you work hard, and you do good work, but you're not the savior of that company. It's like God's going, understand who the pressure is on here and who it really isn't on. And there's this image I have in my head of Joshua taking on this heavy weight of leadership. Going, man, I, I got to lead these people. I'm the one everybody's looking to. And he, he's feeling this heavy weight. And I just, I just get this picture of God taking that weight and lifting it off of him and saying, this is not your weight to carry. It's mine. Joshua, the Lord saves, not you. And something that I'm, I'm working on in my own journey with anxiety is just understanding what's my weight to carry and what's not. And I think this could be an absolute game changer for you, is understanding what is your weight to carry and what's, what's his. I mean, I'm telling you, your kids' choices, that's not your weight to carry. The words that your boss chooses to use, that that's not your weight to carry. Listen, the, the future of our country, the direction of our country, it's not your weight to carry. The behavior of your spouse, it's not your weight to carry. 
Just imagine God walking up to you and lifting that weight that you carry off you. It's not yours. Let me carry that. In fact, I wonder if this is why Peter, the Apostle Peter, like hundreds of years later, writing in the New Testament, gave us these words. Cast all your anxiety on him because, why? Because he cares about you. So like take that weight that you're carrying and throw it on Jesus. Cast it on him. Let him carry it because you're not the Savior. He is. I'm telling you, if we could get our minds and our hearts around this, if we could practice this, I mean, every morning if you just woke up and cast your fear at the feet of Jesus, I mean, what kind of freedom, what kind of peace would you experience? I just love this image of, of Moses changing Joshua's name. Joshua, you're not the Savior. God is the Savior. I think this is so significant as we wrestle with anxiety. So let me wrap up with this. Did you know that there's another significant character in the scriptures with the name Joshua? Did you know this? It's a big one. <laughs> we find it in the book of Matthew, where an angel appears to, I think it's Joseph in this scene, and says, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He'll save the people from their sins. It has to do with his name because the name Jesus and the name Joshua are the exact same name. In Hebrew, it's Joshua or Yeshua. In Greek, it's Jesus. The name Jesus means the Lord will save. It's the same name is Joshua. And so just understand, the only one who can truly save you from fear and anxiety is Jesus. Because he can bring new life. He can forgive you for every wrong thing that you've ever done, restore you to a right relationship with God, and renew your heart. He can save you. And so I wonder if you've ever trusted Jesus like that. I, th I think it's the best decision you could ever make. And so listen, if you're wrestling with anxiety, you're struggling with fear, I, I hope you reach out to us. I hope you send us an email. I hope you uh, stop by our Next Steps area, just start a conversation. We, we've got resources. I mean, we've got connections with some incredible counselors, and we would love to be able to help you as you struggle with anxiety. And listen, as we talk about the name Jesus and trusting in Jesus, if you want to have a conversation about what it looks like to trust and follow Jesus, find your campus pastor in the atrium. Reach out to us. We would love to help you make that decision. So as we close today, uh, I'd love for you to stand, and I'd love to pray for you as we wrap up. Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful for your word that guides us, it gives us hope, and points us to your son. And God, as we close today, I just lift up to you, my brothers and sisters who are, are wrestling with, who are struggling with fear and anxiety. God, would you meet them? God, would they feel your presence? Would you help them to cast their anxiety upon you? God, would you bring peace? Would you bring freedom? Would you bring joy that only you can bring? God, we love you. We're so grateful for who you are. And we pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.
Thanks so much for being here. Looking forward to the last part of this series next week. We'll see you next time.